Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. This week, talking about the book No Cure for Being Human by Kate Bowler. Keep listening to find out why we don't have to live our best lives now. Welcome back. I'm your host, Steph Clark, and each week I share with you the three big ideas from the best non-fiction books that I've been reading and do the reading so you don't have to. This week it is the book No Cure for Being Human by Kate Bowler. Now, I'm hoping it is pronounced Bowler. It's B-O-W-L-E-R. It might be Bowler. So sorry, Kate, if you're listening. I have got that wrong. And it is a book about life. It's quite existential, kind of drawn to quite existential books at the moment. I'm currently reading the book, The Sunny Nihilist, which I'm really enjoying. So looking forward to bringing you that one. Won't be till the new year, but I'm looking forward to telling you all about that book when I can share more once I've finished it. And one of my books of the year was 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman, which I talked about a few weeks ago, which is also quite an existential book about life and what matters and what doesn't matter. So yeah, definitely drawn to, to these kinds of books at the moment. This book is a memoir by Kate, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. This is the last book episode of the year that I'm going to be talking about. Well, one that's focused on one single book in this format. Over the next three weeks, I'm going to be sharing some conversations I've had with some good friends of mine about the books that they've been reading in 2021 and how maybe their reading habits have been different in 2021 as well. So we'll be talking about some other books and actually lots of books that I haven't read, which is excellent, which was definitely a good reason to have a chat with some other people to pick up some new good book recommendations. Speaking of book recommendations, if you haven't already signed up for the bookmark newsletter, I recommend you do. You can do that using the link at the top of the show notes, little twice monthly dispatch that I send to you in your inbox with book recommendations, podcast recommendations, and other things that I just can't fit into these episodes. All right, let's get on with this book though. Let me tell you a little bit more about the author and then a little bit about the book, and then we'll get into the three big ideas. Kate Bowler is a New York Times best-selling author, podcast host, and associate professor of the history of Christianity in North America at Duke University. After being unexpectedly diagnosed with stage four cancer at age 35, she wrote the New York Times best-selling memoir, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved, which tells the story of her struggle to understand the personal and intellectual dimensions of the American belief that all tragedies are tests of character. Her TED Talk on the subject has received over 9 million views to date and on her popular podcast, Everything Happens, she talks with people about what they have learned in dark times and why it is so difficult to speak frankly about suffering. And that's taken from Kate's website, katebowler.com. I'll pop a link to that in the show notes. A little bit more about this book, No Cure for Being Human. It's hard to give up on the feeling that the life that you want is just out of reach. A beach body by summer, a trip to Disneyland around the corner, a promotion on the horizon. Everyone wants to believe that they are headed towards good, better, best. But what happens when the life that you hope for is put on hold indefinitely? Kate believed that life was a series of unlimited choices, only to find that she was stuck in a cancerous body at age 35. In her instant New York Times bestselling book, No Cure for Being Human, Kate searches for a way forward as she mines the wisdom and absurdity of our modern best life now in vice industry, which offers us exhausting positivity, trying to convince us that we can out-eat, out-learn and outperform our humanness. With dry wit and unflinching honesty, she grapples with her cancer diagnosis, her ambition and her faith and searches for some kind of peace with her limitations in a culture that says that anything is possible. In Facing Down Cancer, Kate searches for hope without cheap optimism and a truth with room for mystery. 
We are as fragile as the day we were born and we will need each other if we're going to tell the truth. Life is beautiful and terrible, full of hope and despair and everything in between. But there's no cure for being human. That was also taken from Kate's website, katebowler.com. I will pop a link in the show notes. So that gives you a little bit of an insight into the subject matter of the book. It is, it's, it's bleak, but not bleak. I think that's the, one of the quite nice things about it. It's, not, it's uncomfortably human and uncomfortably raw, but also very relatable and packed with some good reminders as well. This is also one of the books that I picked up from Adam Grant's book list. Which I think it was his autumn book list when this one that I saw this one on. So definitely check out that list. There's always some good recommendations on there. All right, let's get into the three big ideas from the book, No Cure for Being Human by Kate Bowler. Big idea number one, your best life now. We're obsessed with living well, optimizing everything, following people like Tony Robbins and the like who promise us all sorts of things and mastering our habits, enhancing our bodies and thinking that salvation is only a decision away. Kate says that every year billions of dollars are pumped into a wellness industry defined by the theory that we can be perfected. We can organize ourselves, heal ourselves, budget ourselves, love ourselves and eat well enough to make ourselves whole. But all of that is not true. And all of that is, it's one thing seeing all of those things and being bombarded with all of those messages on our regular day. But what does that all mean when you've had a serious and potentially terminal health diagnosis, either yourself or in your close family or friends? When spending time and the idea of productivity take on whole, completely different meanings. So it's not really enough to live our best life now. We need to think about it in a slightly different way in order to spend time and thinking about the promises that we are made by advertising and marketing and these so-called gurus, maybe in a slightly more suspicious way, because maybe we can't live our best life now because we can't control everything. So that's big idea number one, our best life now. Big idea number two is unfinished cathedrals. Hand gliding, swimming with dolphins and all these other experiences that have become this experience economy. All these things we must do before we die and we put on bucket lists and that it, all of these suggest that life can be successfully completed. There's a great quote in the book that says it's much easier to count items than to know what counts. And we think that we can master the world by conquering our inner world. But we can't. Life can't be completed no matter what Instagram tells us. And that's what makes it great. Kate goes to this cathedral in the book. And one of the memories that she talks about in the book is this trip to, to Lisbon, where she goes to this cathedral that was never finished. And the story goes that the plans for the cathedral's construction became so overdone and, and overcomplicated that they just stopped and left it beautifully unfinished, as she said. But it was interesting in the different people's reactions to that, that her and her husband thought it was a bit bit ugly, a bit rough around the edges, a bit unfinished. But this older man that was there visiting as well was saying how beautiful it was and it really made them see it in a different way, which is quite a nice metaphor for life. She talks about the fact that time is a circle and that we're trapped between the past that we can't return to and a future that is uncertain. And therefore it takes guts and courage to live in this hard space between anticipation and realisation. And frankly, that all of our masterpieces are ridiculous. All of our striving is unnecessary and all of our work unfinished and unfinishable. We do too much, never enough and are done before we've even started. And that is better that way. Which I think is quite a nice way of thinking about some of the things that we overwhelm ourselves with. Being done, not being done, never getting round to and causing us to think about those things in slightly a, a different way. So that's big idea number two, unfinished cathedrals. Big idea number three is a painful reminder. Nobody wants a reminder of how close we are and how, how all of us teeter on this edge of life and death on a daily basis. She talks about a friend who had a very unwell child who said that she felt like she was everyone's inspiration but nobody's friend. 
it's very hard to maintain some of those relationships and especially during a long illness or a long drawn out traumatic experience in life. And it's hard to hear the dramas of everyday life for the people who are in suffering and in pain. It's hard to hear the dramas of everyday life with the same feeling as when you're having to brush over the stories about scans you're having or tests you're, you've had or results you're waiting on and specialist appointments and things. She talks about the, the, the bubbling resentment that, that comes with hearing people getting upset about ruining some clothes in the wash by putting the, something of the wrong color in or that, you know, their weight loss dramas and all of this kind of thing. And the, the, the different realities that people then live in and the different perspectives that people have in that, in those times of life. But she says that the hard thing as well was that so much of the clarity and purpose that you get from or can get from suffering, either yourself or others around you, quickly slides away once things start to build back to some level of normality. And she says that that causes a need to relearn and having to relearn and remember how to live in, in inverted commas normally, which feels incredibly relevant right now. And she says, even with all the uncertainty, it's still the same uncertainty. None of us know what will happen next. None of us do. But some have been reminded of that and their futures that they had planned and they thought were going to happen or have, you know, we were told ourselves were going to happen. Those have been upended or potentially even erased altogether. But it doesn't mean we can't exist. It just takes courage in order to do so. She also talks about the fact that everyone pretends that you only die once, but you actually die a thousand possible futures in the course of a single stupid life, as she puts it, which is this concept or this idea that we, we have multiple potential lives that we could have had. But we make decisions along the way that cut some of those off and stop some of those happening. We make choices and rightly or wrongly, in those, those that becomes then our new life trajectory. But again, this is not something we like to be reminded of. So that's big idea number three, a painful reminder. So we got three big ideas from the book, No Cure for Being Human by Kate Bowler. Big idea number one, best life now. Big idea number two, unfinished cathedrals. And big idea number three, a painful reminder. The book, whilst obviously somewhat bleak in its subject matter, was pretty funny in places. It was very human. It was very warm. There are a lot of quite religious references, which that's not really my kind of thing, shall we say, but was really interesting on how she was rethinking the concept of faith and religion, all of those things. And given that she is a divinity school teacher, completely makes sense. And a lot of her friends are practicing preachers and rabbis and Baptists and all sorts of different uh, different denominations of religion or different or belong to different belief systems. So it was really interesting to see how the conversations she had with some of those friends who have that slightly more philosophical but theological philosophical view were thinking about life, death and everything in between, which I found pretty interesting. So look, while some of those big ideas probably sound a little bit bleak and depressing, the book wasn't that. I wouldn't say the book was bleak and depressing. It was actually quite a poignant and timely reminder about life and living and some of the things we kid ourselves to believe about life and living and certainty and all the rest. So definitely worth a little read. It's also quite a quick read. It's not a long book at all. You will get through it pretty quickly. You could even read it on the beach over the summer. So there we go. Episode 151, the book No Cure for Being Human by Kate Bowler. If you have read this book, I'd love to hear from you. If you've read one of Kate's other books, I might dig back into some of her past books as well after reading that one. I would also love to know what you thought of it. You can contact me by using LinkedIn or Instagram are the best, best places to get me. You can find the links to those at the bottom of the show notes. But otherwise, I'll see you next week for a conversation, which I'm still keeping under wraps, who I'm going to be talking to over the next few weeks. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you hear that and see that information first. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.